I'm actually very excited to see how AI plays. I think the as marketers, jumping on that early technology will really set you up for sex, success long-term in your business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to one more episode here of the Wise and Addicts podcast. My name is Marcel Gonçalves, uh, CEO and founder of Wise and Addicts. And on this podcast, we interview the brightest minds of the global agriculture uh, industry when it comes to marketing and business. Today, I have the pleasure to chat with Lainey Balin at Signify, former Philips Lighting. Um, Lainey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Super excited to have you here and for our chat. And for folks that don't know you, if you can share a little bit about your journey, uh, your career so far. Absolutely. Um, as, as you said, my name is Lainey Balin and my career journey so far has included working with uh, numerous Fortune 500 organizations, starting out at Health Partners in the Midwest, moving on to 3M, and then finally Cargill. My last step and currently where I reside is at Signify and as you said, formerly Philips Lighting and it's a new spinoff. So I'm sure many people are brand new to Signify, but excited to talk about it. That's awesome. And, and the first topic that we're going to dive here is planning. So from a marketing standpoint, um, Lainey, how do we approach strategic marketing planning and both for the short term as well as the long term goals? Absolutely. Short-term and long-term goals for strategic business planning for me really start with kind of a, a two-way approach. It's usually top-down, right? Financial targets are given by the leadership team. And then there's usually for me a bottoms-up approach. And so when it comes to marketing, it always starts with an insights data-backed um, approach and methodology. And so really getting your teams to start out with what are the insights? What are our competitors doing? What is our advantage today? Uh, value proposition, right? Speaking all the the marketing terms that folks would know on this, really looking at our consumer marketing journeys and figuring out what can we do better, how can we better serve the customer, and so starting with data and insights backed. From there, I usually move in a, a pretty, um, I would say, a, a pretty straightforward pathway of insights backed research. Then our marketers usually come up with fairly strong campaigns and or key priorities for the year that they choose to focus on, and then we roll it up to a high level. I would say hierarchy of prioritization, right? Because as marketing organizations across the country know, agriculture is very lean in marketing or typically run fairly lean. And so how can we do more with less? And it all starts at prioritization amongst the management team. So very um, straightforward relative to short-term. And then long-term planning, usually I, I do a lot of collaboration with cross-functional colleagues in different spaces, innovation, engineering, um, quality sales, right? And together, collectively, we have to decide what, it, what does it look like, a strong path forward for our business. Um, usually a numerous set of steps that go into it. And maybe we can take a deep dive later today on that. That's awesome. I love that. And, and now I imagine uh, as you're planning the, the next few years as well, uh, the role of uh, AI now, right? In marketing is going to be wild. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm actually very excited to see how AI plays. I think the as marketers, jumping on that early technology will really set you up for sex, success long term in your business. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I think uh, this week, uh, ChatGPT launched something that you can show an image 
and it basically explains the image now, it's nuts. It is, it is crazy to think about the different technology and what it can do and what it can do long term. Yeah. Really good. So from management standpoint, uh, what, what's your key strategy for leading and managing a marketing team? Absolutely. Uh, I think within marketing, it relies heavily on communication, right? You usually sit in a very... Marketing is a very central function. Uh, and so starting out with strong communication, not only to your team, should it be a two-way approach with really good psychological safety to ensure that people feel comfortable in coming to you and bringing up ideas ideas and failures and optimizations that we had. But it's also very important to have the strong communication cross-functional with your sales counterparts, your engineering and innovation, uh, like I mentioned earlier as well. That's cool. And then from a weekly or monthly cadence, uh, how do you guys do? Do you guys do normally uh, weekly one-on-ones or monthly or team meetings? What's, what's your meeting cadence there? So manage, I've managed a couple different teams in, in my career thus far. And what I found to work really well is honestly meeting your employees with where they're at, right? You ha- they have a different skill set. They have a different range as a marketer with where they're at in their career journey. And so meeting them with where they're at. And usually that comes from them proposing how often they want to meet with you, whether it's weekly, biweekly, monthly. Um, I've seen kind of a, a range in what my employees have wanted to get out of those one-on-ones. And it's really their time to talk barriers, challenges, um, collaborate where possible, have doors open for them when they need it. And so, yeah, having that, that two-way communication, putting it on them and meeting them where they're at is, is what's worked really well. I love it. I love it. Uh, when it comes to marketing campaigns, um, any any campaign that uh, ha- has stand out over time and um and what was the approach that you've have used and and why do you think it worked absolutely i would say of a lot of the campaigns that i've worked on one of the the most fun and this is taking a step out of agriculture but the same type of method applies right insights backed and it was during my time at 3m when i worked in the car wrap film business a very unique industry right very interesting uh, consumer that gets their car wrapped, just trying to figure out who they are and starting at the basis of insights and data. What does that customer look like? What is the journey that they're on? How can you get an an informed decision with your wrap film? And so one of my most successful campaigns was a global campaign that came out of this wrap film journey. And it, it was very successful predominantly because it was very insights backed and driven. It was global in nature. I recognize saying global in nature, one size does not fit all. But what we did do is provide the elements and assets globally to our counterparts in their respective regions to help them activate, right? I know that marketing is usually run fairly agile and lean. And so doing more with less, giving the resources where we can and allowing them to adapt and adapt their marketing campaign to better suit their market uh, really helped drive towards success. We also enabled really strong creative freedom with our creative director. I know as a marketer, sometimes it can be easy to try to grab the reins of all the different functions, whether that be photography, videography, the content itself that's written, right? You want to have a really good general understanding of who your customer is and who you're going after, but you need to know and enable your partners to really also drive success in their space. And I think giving 
that freedom of control to really strong partners. In my case, it was um, Mike Welter, a creative director at 3M. He's still there. He's fantastic. It was enabling him to run with the campaign as, as he saw fit that really helped bring it to life in an inspirational way. And then applying that and giving that to our global partners is what we saw success. Super cool. Well, what's the, at the 3M, uh, what is the size of the team there? It, the, the teams range because it is such a large organization, right? You could have a marketing team of um, five to 10. You can also have a bigger team that sits over many divisions that could be easily 20 to 50. It kind of depends on where you sit. Okay. And it, it's kind of not, um, it's very similar in my journey from Cargill and Signify to the same, same type of modeling, just a little bit different because they're all very global in nature. Interesting. And with your experience coming, you know, through different industries, what do you, um, what is something that caught your attention uh, on the agriculture industry? What, what's unique about it or when it comes to the marketing side? Yes, absolutely. I think that, The opportunity is very vast within agriculture when it comes to marketing, right? If you think of the different industries, um, fashion, for example, right? Heavily saturated, a lot's being done there. Uh, it's fairly competitive. It's not the same type of landscape as you see in agriculture. Agriculture in general has a slower pace and it has a long runway. And so there's a lot of creativity that can be had, a lot of really strong uh, I would say marketing campaigns to be produced yet. And so for me as a marketer, that actually drives a lot of excitement, knowing that you have a long runway and you can do a lot of different things and be very impactful. Super cool, super cool. And today at uh, Signify, what, um, what segments of the agriculture industry are you guys focusing the most? Yeah, yeah within Signify, there's uh, since it's a global organization, they have several different business divisions. And so the one that I sit in is within agriculture. And so that's inclusive of uh, cannabis, horticulture, and then animal husbandry. And so for those not familiar, animal husbandry would be, think of large-scale uh, commercial barns, raise poultry. Um, you can think of your Costco's of the world that have the chickens, right? That has to come from somewhere. And so then that is actual animal husbandry. Same thing with swine. Uh, we also see um, lighting for aqua, turkeys, kind of the run of run of the mill with animals, you name it, that's our business. Super cool. Super cool. And um, what, um, over, over your career, uh, what uh, have you seen that, you know, what is the importance of brand authority, thought leadership, uh, you know, have, having a well-respected uh, brand? And, and are you guys doing anything uh, today on that regard? Yeah, absolutely. I think having thought leadership is a competitive advantage as a marketer for me. And why, why I think that and where it stems from is if you are in a business that starts and has innovation and customers truly at the core, you are going to have a team of experts alongside of you for your marketing journey. And especially within Signify, the organization I work for, we have scientists on staff within our business that are constantly innovating and not only to make really terrific products, but also to advance the industry as a whole. And so leveraging them and their expertise, right? I mean, many of them have their PhDs in, in poultry science or animal husbandry, uh, leveraging their expertise in marketing 
can drive really fantastic thought leadership and help push the industry, right? Having a long runway, you can do a lot with the content and, and research and innovation that they've done. Super cool. Super cool. When it comes to marketing, anything else that you want to share with the audience, any other thing or concept that we have not talk, talked about that you are passionate? Yeah, I would say um, one of the topics that I'm actually really passionate about is the concept of global marketing as a whole. And that may not be something that we've touched on and something I'm, I'm learning more firsthand in the seat that I have today. Global marketing, when you when you think of it as a marketer, right? You're like, oh, it's you can deduce it down to oh, photos, videos, content that can be shared and activated globally. There's truth in that, but I also think that marketers need to be able to take it a step further and realize that some of the organizations, regions, uh, geographical sets that they're working in, it doesn't always translate the same. And that's actually something I'm seeing firsthand. For example, I recently took a trip to Poland for work to better understand the Polish market. And the concepts that I would have thought for marketing that I've worked on and, and begun to produce doesn't actually translate the same. And it's until you get in front of those customers or you're actually in the industry, in the geog geography, that I think you can actually uh, make it make sense. Right? If you would tell me you're going to a trade show in the U.S., I would assume you're going to a large convention center, right? They typically all look very similar. They're run in the same fashion. Well, in Poland, for example, when you say you're going to a trade show, ours in specific was an outdoor event, right? Booths staffed throughout all different types of weather. Um, the messaging had to be quick and the concepts had to be Uh, I would say boiled down because you have to catch people's attention in maybe a shorter amount of time than you would in even a convention center where you have a plethora of platforms you can market on. So just a quick example from global marketing that I've seen recently that I, I thought was I love that. Sure. Super cool. Yeah. It's, it, it um, melts my brain sometimes because, you know, you look at the U S Europe, South America, you know, eight hours away, uh, by flight yeah. and it's, uh, but it's, it's not that long. Eight hours is not that long, but, uh, it's a whole different world, right? Yes. And even how customers and consumers perceive marketing in their regions is entirely different, right? If I ask them, what do you think of marketing in the U S there were a lot of responses I've received and throughout my career have been America. We advertise in a big, bold, flashy way which it actually kind of surprised me, right? I've never heard that feedback from global counterparts. And so even hearing that, it's, it's very interesting how they can perceive marketing. So everyone perceives it differently depending on the region globally that they sit in. But I honestly think it, it makes it a little bit more fun and more of a challenge for marketers. Super cool. Super cool. Um, and then... When you think about folks that are joining in general, just joining the uh, the marketing uh, career, specifically, uh, you know, females, uh, female marketers looking to advance in their careers, uh, what tips do you have for them? I think for my female colleagues in specific, one piece of advice that I would have is is finding your voice early on, right? Something I, I learned from and wish I would have known sooner back in my journey as a marketer was to find my voice. And I actually had a couple of managers say that to me, right? I, I um, went on a parental leave 
and I came back. And for some, some reason, I had like a newfound confidence. Perhaps it was being a mom, not quite sure. Or perhaps it was just having a better understanding of the business after being in it for a little bit longer. They had said to me, wow, you really found your voice. And to me, I quickly learned that there's strength in that and finding your voice early on and and speaking up and and giving your advice and your opinions, especially when they're insight backed and driven. I think it can, you speak for yourself, you build that personal brand and it can lend itself uh, to do wonders for your career. Lean into it. Also, I would say to my marketers who are starting out their journey, I think that there's a, a change in the landscape of loyalty to an organization. I have uh, plenty of colleagues who stayed with the same organization for 10, 20 years, and they love it. I think that's fantastic. But I also want to challenge a status quo of staying and being loyal to an organization and, and learning to look outside the box, find an industry that interests you, find an industry that you think you can make an impact, and go seek out a position, right? Even, even though that means change and it's uncomfortable, I highly recommend to young marketers to not be afraid to go out and find the challenge of trying different industries and organizations to find one that fits. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. And then uh, as we wrap up here, any resource or, um, you know, marketing resource, being website, newsletter, podcasts, or books, uh, anything that you recommend for folks? One resource I do have that I would just suggest is leaning into the AI. As a marketer, I think leaning into the new technologies that are given to you and not shying away from them just because they might be challenging or a barrier to learn or an entry point. I think get out there, lean into the technologies that can help you as a marketer, right? Just because it might save you time doesn't mean you should be afraid of it. Example, AI writing, or Canva even for design and video creation. There's apps that you can leverage for real making. I say lean into that and don't be afraid of it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, the whole AI thing. I mean, you know, what, 20 years ago, is it 20? People had to learn how to use emails and then Microsoft Office and just one more now, one more two, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Well, Lenny, any final message before we wrap up today? Thanks for sharing a bunch of insights with our audience and uh, a lot of your global and um, experience that 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 has been uh, very insightful. I think. Uh, thank you for your time today. And if people want to get in contact with me, they can certainly find me on LinkedIn. Happy to help. Always be a mentee, mentor, and continue the conversation. I love it. Thanks so much, Lenny, and be in touch. Thank you.